Hello and welcome to the Weird Warriors podcast. Normally, this podcast focuses on the Weird War Tales comic book series published by DC Comics from 1971 to 1983. However, this time around, it's the return of the Road Warriors. The Road Warriors are riding again, folks, and we are taking you to Terrificon. Yes, convention <laughs> season. Yes, convention season is back on, and we went there to see it while it lasted. Now, we went to, Rich and I went to Terrificon, as I said, July 31st, 2021, just a few days before this recording at the Mohegan Sun Resort in Uncasville, Connecticut. And we'll get back to you with the full story after this brief podcast promo break. Can I get a tall chai? And a large black coffee. And I suppose you're here with no agenda, as per usual? On the contrary, I'm here for comics. I think I can help all of you. Hello, I'm the caffeinated Clinton Robison. And I host a podcast called Coffee and Comics. On this podcast, I summarize, review, and discuss comic book issues, stories, and related media, usually in the span of time it takes to have a cup of coffee. Sometimes I'm joined by a guest, and sometimes I'm flying solo. So pour the coffee, take a sip, and turn up the volume as you listen to the Coffee and Comics podcast. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and directly on coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com. And remember, this is where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. And we're back. So, Rich, <laughs> give people a little bit of background about the trip and start us off here on this latest road trip for the Road Warriors. Okay, well, this was my first time attending. I wanted to go for a couple of years, but it always seemed like I had a conflict and it just didn't line up. Uh, the last big con I went to was in Boston about six years back. And it was the first time I went dressed in my uh, World War II reenactors uniform as random war comic GI. It's funny, my real army unit belongs to the 104th Division, the Timberwolves, which has World War II history. As soon as I was assigned there, I had a period uh, uniform made up. The unit patch is a howling wolf's head, and my rank was sergeant. No weapons, obviously, in this day and age, but I had a belt of obviously fake ammo draped over my shoulders. I had a few people come up to me and ask if I was Sergeant Fury of the Howling Commandos, like looking at the patch. I'm like, you know, that's that's an awesome assumption, to be honest. I fessed up, but you know, had a few fit, uh, had a few fans pose with me anyway. I've mentioned I've been trying to collect all of the DC War books. Before this trip, I was 21 away. I hit pause, you know, a month or two ago to save up for the con trip. Uh, I needed three All-American Men of War, nine Our Army at War, one Our Fighting Forces, and eight Star Spangled War Stories. That's it, folks. But I also go to cons to get signatures. I had Rob Luffold's once, but I ditched him. Just, you, you know why. <laughs> uh, my misses, oh man, pre-Marvel movies, I could have walked right up to Stan Lee and Gil Kane in Pittsburgh in the 90s. Um, I left a con in New York City not knowing who Jerry Robinson was, the creator of The Joker. Yeah, they're all gone now. But uh, I got Joe Simon. He was an amazing get. He showed up unannounced at the same con I missed Robinson at. You know, one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel. I happened to have a Captain America on me that I was going to have Dan Jurgen sign. Uh, yeah, guess who, uh, guess who I didn't get that day, Dan? Like I said, I'd uh, never been to this con, and I was going through uh, con withdrawals because, you know, there hasn't been any cons because of COVID. Uh, my first surprise was, after I bought the tickets, was the fact that the location was about an hour farther away than I thought. Yeah, and it was only about an hour away from me total, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, every time I go to one of these big cons, I go online, I dig through my collection, I just look to see what I have by the guest stars and stuff like that. I limit whatever I bring 
to five books per person because I don't want to be that guy that shows up with 35 books blah, and drop it in front of somebody and say, hey, sign all these. And even limiting it to five per artist, I still had a mound of crap to bring along from digging through the collection. Just uh, going down the reenacting rabbit hole real quick. A friend of mine got me into World War II when I was in fourth grade by giving me a, a history book on the subject. And I was off and running. My mom got me into the Sons of the American Revolution. You know, she was all, you know, do you want to get into reenacting for that time period? So I was like, kind of like, eh, I don't know. And then she found an article from a local gentleman that was starting a World War II reenactment group. I'm like, what? See, the, the, the great thing about World War II reenacting is the fact that, first and foremost, the vets are still around. And they come around. And you listen to the stories and stuff like that. And so much of the stuff that you have is authentic. I have so much of my gear is dated 43, 44, 45. And they come around and they see this stuff and they're like, oh my God, I haven't seen one of these in 60 years. Oh God, it's every bit as heavy as I remember it. And they start telling their stories and their family members are there and they have this look on their face like, I have known this man my entire life and I have never heard this story before. I mean, I've met Medal of Honor awardees. They're wearing the freaking thing. I mean, including the last living one, uh, 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 Woody Williams. He, he earned a Medal of Honor on, uh, on Iwo Jima. It's just a, a, a fantastic time period to be a reenactor for. And, you know, semi-automatic weapons, armor, aircraft. It's, it's, if, if you ever have an opportunity to go to a World War II reenactment, I cannot stress it enough. Go. It's, it's a hell of a show. Hell of a show. If only I knew someone who was involved in those kinds of activities. Yeah, man, you just got to, <laughs> you know, start digging on websites and stuff like that. And maybe you find something. You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's an event pretty close to you in October in your neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know. Oh, the just, battle for the airfield in, in I just Massachusetts. Keep, <laughs> I just keep waiting for an, an invite from someone that I, I, may have, I may have hung out with for 30 years. Oh, or don't even go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> don't even lie to me like that. <laughs> Oh right! Gee, I said Rich, I, I'd like to go, but I got a thing. But I got, <laughs> but I got, I got absolutely nothing, and I'm gonna not do that instead. Yeah, uh, yeah it sounds like you know me well. Now you mentioned before how you know exactly how many war books you have left to collect, and there's a reason for that. Uh, there's a many, there's many reasons for that. One, you're anal retentive. Uh, B, yeah. <laughs> so <and>. one, one, <laughs> one and B. On Twitter, uh, yeah, on the show account, someone with the handle Packed Cells was asking me if either of us had a copy of a book called Chris Pedron's Big Five. And I figured, eh, Rich probably has it. So I asked you, and what did you tell me? I had an autographed copy. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. And then you hey. also, like, what, made your own sequel? Well, all I did was I, I, I saw he was selling it, and this was back in the 90s or whenever the hell it was. I just you know, mail order to copy. I would, you know, autograph copy. That's not what I asked for. It was autograph. I'm like, okay, well, yay me, yeah. you know, but um, it's just, that was just the, you know, the big five, but it doesn't have what I jokingly refer to as the next five. So I made myself a very similar uh, listing of information that the big five has for Captain Storm, Men of War, Blitzkrieg, All Out War, and this other title you may have heard of called Weird War something third words escaping me at the moment it'll, yeah it'll it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like they got added out of pity or something like they, yeah, just wanted, they just wanted to have another big five they didn't want to stop at four so they threw this weird war tales book or whatever in there well the funny thing is um weird war has more issues than the other four titles combined you know, because Captain Storm has like 23, you know, Men of War has like 26, Blitzkrieg had six, All Out War had six. I mean, so Weird War Tales ran circles around the other five titles. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Well, there's no podcast out there called uh, called the Captain Storm or anything. <laughs> Not yet there is it. We'll see what we feel like doing in 2037 when Weird War Tales <laughs> runs out or whatever the hell year it is. <laughs> we got we to gotta have something to do in our actual retirement, right? Okay. Well, you don't know how many issues, uh, how many episodes of the show we're going to be tacking on because of special missions and everything else. So who the hell knows how long it's going to go. But, yeah, the uh, Road Warriors trip will be me wheeling myself down the hall to your room in the home. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but uh, it's one other little thing. Uh, didn't, didn't you get something in the mail, Max, uh, last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I did get something in the mail for my 50th birthday. 
and it was a birthday card, oddly enough, with a very angry looking cat on the front. <laughs> and when I opened it up, this, this rather sarcastic and funny birthday card was mailed to me from uh, Susie Q, as it was signed, Sue Glansman. So the uh, woman that we spent our last Road Warriors trip with sent me a funny birthday card with an angry cat on it, which just proves she knows me already because <laughs> we have cats. I'm a big cat person. I'm a big pet person anyway, but cats are the active pet in our domain right now. So that was very cool. And there's more cool coming as Rich will get to. Oh, yeah. So anyway... Day arrived, got up. My uh, wife had day-long plans also, so we had to drop the dog off at the dog sitters. I picked up the kid in the Connecticut trade school, got stuck behind some damn tractor on a Connecticut back road going six miles an hour, and met up with Max eventually on the roof of the parking garage down there at the Mohegan Sun. I was, I decided to go in my World War II kit again, uh, geared up, gave Max a little birthday present and uh which we will tell you about in a second and uh the aforementioned air war comic that he left behind at seuss house uh the atu graphic novel and an into the deep uh book all of which that uh, sam glansman had done so uh, what, what what was that pos what was that birthday present that you got from from somebody else oh, yeah i was forewarned a little bit about this but people won't hear that episode for some time where you sprung the surprise on me so uh what rich ended up acquiring for me for my birthday was something sue glansman donated to him to give to me it was a penciled and inked headshot of jonah hex by sam glansman it obviously every word I just said lets you know the, it, the sketch itself is incredible. It's ink with the pencil lines still visible, just the way I like it. It's in a cool little construction paper booklet with a frame around the uh, headshot that Sue made for it. It, it is amazing. It, it's just uh, something that I never expected. And uh, Rich is going to be able to hang this over my head until whenever the heck his birthday is. Um, I totally remember, and I've gotten him lots of presents over the years, tons. <laughs> and, uh, but this thing. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that down. I am known for giving is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but like this thing is amazing. It, it's, I have a lot of sketches. The last several years, I've made a habit of going to cons almost only to get sketches from artists. And I have a ton of them that I really treasure. But this thing pretty much surges to the top of the pack. I mean, there's no way it couldn't. It's a tiny little head sketch. It almost looks like, you know, a little, it's got that little oval frame around it that Sue cut into the booklet she made for it. It's amazing. So that's, that's how Rich starts off the day by, by giving me this incredibly cool comic book related birthday present. Yeah, I, um, pardon me, I sprung this on him at the end of a podcast that everyone's going to hear about, you know, months from now. But because I, I went down to Sue's and I did all this stuff for her and stuff, ended up digging through a whole bunch of Sam's art. And he had, there was like a stack of like five or six of these, like he made them for a con to sell and then just hadn't sold them, you know? So I'm like, can I just, I just grabbed one and I'm like, can I just take this for Max's birthday? And she's like, yeah, sure. You know, that, that was... <laughs> That's all I want to do it. So, but, and don't uh, worry, folks. Rich has a picture of of my dumb self uh, holding the the picture up for the camera and the parking garage right after I got it. So uh, he's, he'll, <laughs> that'll be in the book, the the photo album once we get once uh, once I drop it. So, so anyway, where were we? We were entering Terrificon. First thing we see on the way in is a Captain America, and me and being in my World War II uniform, I pose with him. And man, I have to tell you. Cap doesn't know how to salute, but anyway, <laughs> you'll, you'll see the photo. Um, I said I had fun with the TARDIS, and there were a bunch of uh, World War II era Brits that were hanging out, posing with it, and they saw me in my World War II uniform, and we had to you know, have a little bit of a back and forth. There was an expression during the war in Great Britain that the problem with you Yanks is you're overpaid, oversexed, and over here. Well, there was a much less uh, known uh, response to that comment that the Americans would fire at the British, and I, you know, fired this at these these Brits. Uh, well, the problem with you, Tommies, are is that you're underpaid, undersexed, and under Eisenhower. And they're like, ooh. <laughs> 
so, rich with the eighty-year-old uh, comebacks. Hey, man, whatever works, man. Most of these guys haven't heard the jokes that go back that far. But anyway, so yes, yeah, so we go in, fight the crowds, go straight down the autograph alley, and just looking for you know, get in line, get signatures, get drawings. You know, just do this crap first. Time to, time to shop later. And we just end by purest happenstance. We ended up stopped in front of uh, Keith Williams uh, to get our bearings. And he just sees me standing there wearing the wearing the uniform, and he just he, he just freaking loved it. He just launched into it immediately. He's just like said, I reminded him of the Joker from Full Metal Jacket. He couldn't remember the names. The, he couldn't remember the name of the movie. And he couldn't remember the name of the character right away. It took a little bit of like fumbling and uh, fumbling through to figure out what the hell he was talking about. Because whenever I put on the World War II gear, I put on like what I would call the period correct glasses, you know, like the Coke bottle bottom, you know, glasses. The prescription they work, you know. So yeah. So anyway, he makes that comment about uh, the Joker and Full Metal Jacket, and my son and I both launch into that. You, John Wayne, is this me? It's like, and Max is all like, eh. <laughs> it's too yeah. Max do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a walking vaudeville routine in stereo, even. So, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful, as you can imagine. <laughs> I tell you, most kids rebel against all their parents' stuff, but yours uh, did not, to, to, to my enjoyment. So, <laughs> hey man, we got some plenty, you know, like, you know, he's seen all the movies. He loves Spaceballs. He loves Blazing Saddles. He's got his own repertoire of Monty Python bits and George Carlin and everything else like that. We can add it to the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, your son is a walking time capsule in case something happens to you, <laughs> is, what, is what it is. But yeah, so anyway, I, I mentioned um, to him, I actually met Arlie Ermey at a World War II event about 10, 15 years ago. You know, he signed my copy of Full Metal Jacket, got a photo with him. Or Lermy was just, you know, no words. He was, he was so amazingly chill. I mean, he was just a great guy to be. Williams loved all of it. So, and yeah, uh, you, you, what did you said he had a, 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 a pity purchase? <laughs> I wouldn't call it a pity purchase, but, um, you know, we stopped and we talked with him for quite a bit. And uh, then we're sort of like, yeah, we're going to leave. And I'm thinking, well, we should buy something for the man. Keith Williams is a fantastic inker. And he had some books there, so I picked up, appropriately enough for the show, two issues, number zero and number one, of a miniseries from Avatar called Uber, which is about the Nazis figuring out how to give their soldiers superpowers. And it's from Avatar, so they specialize in gruesome, violent, dark series. And, uh, you know, we've got weirdness, we've got war, we've got superpowered Nazis, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. So I'm like, kick off the con with a weird war-appropriate purchase. So we'll be talking about those at some point in the future, no doubt. So anyway, once uh, once we extracted ourselves uh, from there, it's just like again, we're just like kind of looking around, you know, where are we? Who's who, who's who's around that we want to get? And bam, right there on the left hand side was Pat Broderick. And you know, it's funny. The night before the trip, I find out that he's a creator for the Creature Commandos. I'm like, this is a hell of a time to find this out. <laughs> I had a Weird War pact in my bring pile that he had done work in, but it didn't have the creature commandos in it. I, that's one of those things I would have been really pissed off about afterwards. So yeah, swap. Um, I also brought along uh, GI Combat 260. Uh, he did the art in a story called The War Without End, which would fit in just fine on this program. And one of the things I like to do when I go to a con is I, I like to you know, go over the list of creators and see if they did any old like DC war book stuff that they have undoubtedly completely forgotten about. And just drop it in front of them and just see, you know, that look. Like, oh, my God. One of my favorite uh, stories was uh, Keith Giffen. He, he, same thing. He did a backup story in the GI combat, you know, however the hell long ago it was sometime in the 80s. Keith Giffen sees Ambush Bug all, all con long. He sees Lobo all con long. He's like, scribble, yeah, scribble, yeah, scribble, yeah. Drop GI combat to, uh, in front of me. He's like, huh. Pick it up. Flip, 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 flip. Huh. Sign. <laughs> <laughs> So it made him stop and look, you know, and it was the same thing with, with Broderick. I think we were like one of like his first fans. He was, he was a little late getting to his table. I think we were like the first fans in the line for him. And I put GI combat 260 in front of him. And same thing. You're going to see the photos of this in the photo. And he's just flipping through the book, flipping through the book, flipping through the book. He's like, man, it got him hard. He was like, it's from 1983, forgotten all about it. He doesn't have one of these in his collection. 
he tells me I made his day. I mean, I, you know, I got him a Weird Ward 93, which was the uh, first Creature Commander as also. He charges 10 bucks per signature, but he refuses to take my money just because of the stuff that I dropped in front of him to get signed. So, I, I, like I said, I love getting guys, you know, and stuff that they haven't seen in 30 years or even thought about in 30 years. Yeah, well, uh, that, that spirit of giving did not transfer to my request <laughs> for Pat Broderick. He charged me money for the sketch. Uh, I, I, I came there specifically. He was one of the people on my hit list. You know, Pat worked on Firestorm, the Legion of Superheroes, and the Micronauts, three titles I'm a huge fan of, love them to this day, knowing that not many other artists out there can draw bug from the Micronauts very well. I knew I had to get a sketch of the intrepid insectivorid from the man himself. So I step up after you do your thing, I request the bug sketch, and he tells me when I can probably come back and get it and uh, chit-chatted with him and his wife, Trish, for a bit and took off from there. But while I'm waiting, I could see him working on other sketches, you know, lots of firestorms and progress. And the man has, not only has he not lost a step, but his art probably looks better than it did back when he was cranking out books in the 80s. I mean, I know these are con sketches and whatnot, but they don't look like it. The stuff that he was doing was incredibly detailed, full effort going in, and the chops are still there. So this con was off to a heck of a start for me. Yeah, and his and his, his price for the sketch, since, you know, like I said, he didn't give me my stuff for free, was still really reasonable um, compared to a lot of the people there. I mean, Pat probably could have gotten more money out of me, and I'll say that now that we're gone. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so got my stuff signed. Same thing. Head on a swivel. Okay, who's next? Klaus Jansen. Bam, right there. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Klaus Jansen, as soon as I saw he was a guest for this con, that was like, you know, ping. I think he was like number one. Get. Because, you know, I'm a Punisher fan. I've got all these early appearances of Punisher and, you know, like in Daredevil and Spider-Man and stuff like that. And, it's been, and we all know, you know, Klaus Jansen did a lot of work in Daredevil with like Frank Miller and everything else like that. So um, he did a lot of early Punisher stuff, you know, Legends of the Dark Knight and everything. So it's just like, he was one of my huge, huge needs. And he's, he's got a little bit of a line. It wasn't too bad, but you know, it's not going to get any shorter. So bam, hop on. Yeah, full disclosure. I had a really, really hard time limiting my haul to the con pile to just five books for Klaus Jansen. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Uh, and actually, and in the end, I only ended up getting uh, four signed. Punisher number one, of course. Daredevil 183 with the Punisher, of course. Uh, Legends of the Dark Knight number six. He actually told me that that was a hard one to find. Is it? I, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure I bought it off the shelf in the 90s at the comic book store. And of course... You're keeping in, in uh, line with the program, Weird War number 120. He did uh, the cover art for it. Uh, War That Time Forgot, Dinosaurs, Giant Apes, and the GI Robot. He's actually all, did I do this? And I point out his signature on the cover. He's like, huh, so I did. <laughs> so that was two gotchas. You know, I got a little fist bump out of him and everything else. So, yeah, so getting Klaus, that was, that was borderline worth the price of admission right there, just getting Klaus Jansen on something. So after that, look around, okay, well, who's next? It's like, you know, where, where, where's, where's Joe Giella? You know, this, you know, this was like in the pantheon of like old time comic book artists that are still around. There's not very many of them left, you know, and, you know, you know, Joe was listed as the oldest surviving Batman artist. And I'm like, and I had gotten, you know, he, he'd done a bunch of the old DC war books. So same thing. I, I went through the collection. I limited it to five. And this line is like, and I'm at the end of it. So, but hey, you know what? I would rather that be the case. I would rather have these, these legends have the line. You know, than walk right up to like Russ Heath or something at a con with no line, which that happened to me once, which pissed me right off. So I had uh, Weird War Tales number seven reprint, Flying Blind. I've already added the photo of that to the uh, Weird War Tales seven album. Uh, Our Fighting Forces number three, Star Spangled War Stories number 13, All American Men of War number two, and Our Army at War number three. That last one also has Erwin Hazen and Carmen Infantino signatures in it. I should probably keep that one in a safe. It was a very slow 
moving line, though. So me, Max, and my son, Steve, we all kind of like rotated in and out as placeholders as we hunted around the con, and some horrible human being cropped us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that person waited until all three of us were together. As Rich said, we were kind of rotating in and out of that line for Rich because that line was like two hours long and deservedly so. But at some point, all three of us would meet and then one of us would hold the point, you know, in the line and the other two would take off. While the three of us were together, someone walked by the group and let loose, like just just an awful, just one of the foulest examples of such an incident that I can recall. And I used to take the subway to a job in New York City. And I rode the city bus to Hudson Valley Community College in Troy, New York. And this thing left all the other examples in the dust, so to speak. There was about like, there was about seven random standing around and we were all like, oh, son of a a guy looked on the floor to make sure there wasn't something we had to walk around. That that so, so this is the kind of highbrow entertainment that the people expect from the Weird Warriors podcast. But man, I can tell you we didn't expect that either. I I just, <laughs> I, I just about needed new glasses after that. Oh man, a lot. So anyway, uh, in uh, my breaks from the GL line, I started wandering around. Got uh, found uh, Mike Golden first. And, you know, I was that guy, I, I picked up the like knob number three, I think was the first one I picked up off the rack, you know, back in the eighties. And I wrote it out, you know, the rest of the way I found the, you know, the three, four back issues that I missed and everything. He wanted uh, 10 bucks per signature, but he wanted 20 for knob number one. And you know, mine had already had previously been signed by, uh, by Larry Hama at another con. I'm like, whatever kind of douchey but you know okay fine play the game now let me ask you do you remember if larry hama charged more to sign nom number one than the other books like that day that you got it do you remember that at all i remember quite well because i got because um uh i i just found out it was it was, it was, it was like i think it was up at the, like saratoga con or something like that a few years ago he'd been a tunnel rat in vietnam and he did all this work on G.I. Joe and the creator, Tunnel Rat, the, the, the character Tunnel Rat is loosely based on him. So I had a G.I. Joe special missions and I dropped that. You know, the first appearance of Tunnel Rat, you know, so I had him sign that and he signed Nom number one and a few other books. And it was just do, 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 toss, do, 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 you know, just, you know, I don't even remember if it was, if he was even charging for signatures or, or if, if he was, it was, you know, some, you know, a lot of these uh, creators in like your first, you know, two are free and then it's like five bucks each or, you know, wh whatever the, whatever the gimmick is. But no, no, I mean, there's uh, nothing, uh, nothing horribly special about nom number one. You didn't, you know, double the price on me for, on, for me or anything. So yeah. see my previous and only previous experience with Mike Golden was at Rhode Island Comic Con a few years ago. And I was going to get, guess what? A bug from the Micronauts sketch from him because Mike launched that book with Bill Mantlo. And it's one of my all-time favorite comic book series. So I go up to Mike's table. I'm all excited. I ask him to do a head sketch of Bug for me. And he goes into this whole spiel about he doesn't do sketches. He, however, does finished art, full color, starting at $250. And I'm just like, okay, dude, I'm not spending that much here today on everyone combined. Good luck. I'll see you around. You know, but like, so in my opinion, anyone who pulls that, I'll sign this stuff, but double for that one. He could tell me stories all day long about how you're trying to discourage flippers or whatever. It's just, it, it's a gouger move and it sucks. So that's my opinion on that. Anywho. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I got him on uh, Punisher War Journal 29. He did the cover art. Ghost Rider guests. The uh, Further Adventures of Indiana Jones 23 cover art again. Uh, Herb Trimpey had previously previously signed that one. And Sergeant Rock's special number one, he wrote a story inside called The Enemy. And he tells me that I'm the first person that has ever placed this book in front of him at a con. So, so that's three. <laughs> You're going to make me have to figure out how to put a bell sound effect in these podcasts, right? Well, those little like, bullseye sound effects. Like, <laughs> so get him. Pack up, move on, 
I was roping. I've been trying to track down Billy Tucci because he was at the show, but every time I got to his booth, he had just stepped away. You know, oh, his wife was having a problem coming onto the site. Oh, he had to go to the bathroom. Oh, whatever. So it was like two or three times coming and going, coming and going, coming and going before I finally tracked him down. Uh, got him on Sergeant Rock Lost Battalion Number One, the new Mademoiselle Marie uh, Star Spangled War Stories one shot, and a hyper early book in his in his career called Victoria Cross one half when he was still William Tucci. He guessed that there was only about maybe 200 of these things had been printed. That took him back for, didn't tell him I probably got it in a three for a dollar box, but yeah, well, whatever. (laughs) He probably, he probably knows. Yeah. So we talked for a while about World War II, my military service, et cetera. You know, he was, you know, impressed as everyone is about the age, you know, that I accomplished basic at. And he had an American Legion fundraiser box on his desk and I tossed some money on there. So moving on, moving on. uh, I got uh, DG uh, Chichester in uh, Daredevil Batman crossover and uh, Daredevil 292 Punisher guest that I had had uh, Tom DeFalco and Lee Weeks sign from previous. Larry Stroman on Punisher 19 from the 1989 series and Wolverine 44. I ask him how much of Sanchez, and he plays the, how much do you want to give me game? What the hell, man? I had to ask him twice. I'm like, what? He's like, how much do you want to give me? Like, I'm thinking, what the hell kind of questions? <laughs> you want to talk about a douchey move? That's a douchey move. Yeah, that's just weird. I, I would have been like, yeah, uh, what, I, what I want to give you is uh, less of my time, and I would take off, but yeah. So, but, you know, he was there, you know, so I, I gave him 20 bucks for the two. That seemed to be a, you know, a going rate, you know, $10 a signature or something. Um, Al Milgram had worked with him on the Wolverine book, and he was at that show, but, you know, you, I ran out of time. I mean, he was another one of these dudes that finding only five books in my collection for, uh, for Milgram was hard because he had done work in Unknown Soldier. He had done work in Weird War, uh, super early Punisher. You know, so I, I had stuff I would have loved for him to sign. But, you know, yeah, well, next time. He was, he was probably my biggest miss from this con. And there was, there was actually about 10 total creators that I brought uh, stuff for that I, I just didn't get, you know, just because he just ran out of time. Yeah. I wanted to go see Al Milgram too, as he is a favorite artist of mine that he always gets slagged on by dummies online. Like for some reason, people like to bag on his stuff, but I've always liked it, liked it growing up. I think he's a solid artist, but his line always looked a little too hearty for me whenever I passed it by, which is cool to see, but also meant I didn't take the time to sit through the line. But it was it was nice to see he was always busy. That was cool. Yeah. So finally get to the front of the GL line <laughs> and I get my book signed. He, he, he never looks up. He just, he's just always just looking down at the table slowly signing automatically whatever gets put in front of him by the helper next to him who's collecting the money and pointing out where to sign. I will say one thing. The funny thing was he, he, he finally does look up and sees me in my World War II uniform and the look of surprise on his face, even masked, was priceless. He had this, what? <laughs> yeah, there were, uh, you know, as, as we're recording this, you know, we got the Delta variant is, scream, is uh, screaming back into the fore. And although they weren't mandating masks at the con, uh, you were wearing yours, I was wearing mine. There were a lot of people that just didn't want to take a chance with convention crud and everything else. So Yeah, I think it's a good idea for future cons anyway, no matter what happens with COVID. Like, talk about why weren't we always doing this to avoid getting the freaking con crud cold or whatever it's just i i was all for it mask on let's go i'm vaccinated but whatever let's do it so anyway after i got him it's just like okay so now what uh second captain america you know came up to me you know wanted a photo got a photo i actually got a photo of me holding his shield all (laughs) i was Um, glad you got that picture because i didn't take any pictures of any cosplayers this time around but every time i saw him i thought i should stop him because his his alternate captain america outfit was super cool so yeah. you'll see it in the photo album, but the dude really did something cool with it. So I was glad that Rich pulled him, you know, and got a photo with him. So and he's just saying, you know, so, okay, so now what? You know, so just kind of wandered around. They had like the car corner, you know, they had Herbie, Back to the Future DeLorean, 60s Batmobile. I got lots of compliments on the uniform, like, like I said before. I was certainly the only one dressed like that there. 
you know, kind of photographer got me, local journalist got me. Are you G.I. Joe? Sergeant Rock or Sergeant Fury? You know, I was, I was talking up, you know, reenacting with the fans. Because I had some, some, um, some people come up to me that were late, like fanboys. Like, oh, my God, I love the uniform. It's so great. How did you do that? <laughs> talking about events that are in the neighborhood and stuff like that. I was talking about the history uh, with a Vietnam vet and a guy who recognized my unit patch, whose uncle had been captured in World War II during the Battle of the Bulge. He'd been with the 106th Division. So it just, just had a lot of like really, really you know, cool moments you know, here and there. While I'm doing all this stuff, my son Steve, you know, who's running around, you know, he's buying hot sauce, you know, Mandalorian swag. He got his copy of Superman Red Sun, uh, signed by Dave Johnson. That was on my target of opportunity list also. But I had uh, Johnson's stuff, a signature on others, uh, work that he had done from other cons. And it just didn't pan out here. He, Steve does World War II reenacting with me. And he originally wanted to gear up also. But he left all this crap here and he was in Connecticut and, and just didn't want to take time to change. And it, it just didn't work out logistically this time. So, Hey, you know, <laughs> he was wearing the Rolling Stone shirt though. So he was still representing a, a period of time before his own time. <laughs> he was essentially cosplaying as an old person. So I randomly ran into Steve while you were in the Joe Giella line at this one booth that was selling a ton of masters of the universe stuff. And I'm a huge fan. So I go right in there. And I bought two like blind box minifigures, got Skeletor and Trapjaw. They're on my cube desk at, at work. And uh, I got to hear some boorish dolt lecture the vendors about how bad the Motu Revelation series by Kevin Smith was, reading all his complaints from the aggrieved internet man baby script that's out there. And he was he was summarily dusted off like dandruff as soon as he finally trundled away. But that was my uh, oh god, I'm having one of these moments. The the angry fan who's got all his opinions from the bombastic YouTubers that hate everything. And it was, it was cool to see someone like that just get a complete eye roll and, a, okay, buddy, you going to buy anything? Get out of here. <laughs> so that's, that's where I ran into Steve. He got to hear that dude sounding off, too, and we're both like, ugh. Yeah, so we, uh, at this point, we're like, get a little hungry. You know, so we go out, and, and uh, the, the, the line for a convention chow is like, dee, 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 dee. and we're like, yeah, I don't want to spend $12 for a shitty cheeseburger. You know, so uh, we, <laughs> we, uh, we dropped off all of our crap in the car, left the site, got some pretty good uh, sandwiches, a place that was like, what, like a half mile away or something like that? We yeah, probably man. We probably could have walked there. Oh, my God. It, be, it took was, us like 15 minutes to drive there and three minutes to drive back. I don't know. <laughs> I was surprised to see pretty much no other con goers seem to have adopted our escape from the heinous concessions plan. It's like, oh, well, suckers, enjoy your $15 hot dog and hopefully low-grade food poisoning. And it took us no time at all. It was it was genius. It was my idea. I take credit for it. <laughs> Grilled chicken sandwich was good. I liked it. Anyway. Moving on. So this ended up being one of the uh, hyper unusual con. I mean, I never did find any of the DC war I need, but like, but you know, I'm, when, when you're down to 21 books and they're all from like the fifties or something like that, it's going to be hard. And, and just going online and looking for this stuff and it's the stuff that you're looking for. It's like, they want, you know, 200, 300 bucks for some of these titles as it is, you know, and the ones that are reasonable are probably in really lousy shape and everything. So this, I can't remember the last time I went to a con and didn't find any DC war books, but uh, instead I, I get loaded up on uh, like eight Dell ghost stories, gold key Ripley's believe it or not, and twilight zones and uh, Charlton fighting armies. Cause you know, we need show material and they all had war related stories. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that was a cool booth, man. I saw an awesome display right up front that they had set up of rare classic fanzines. And it included an issue of star-studded comics, a fanzine with Dr. Weird on the cover, a character that has long since become part of the Big Bang Comics universe. They weren't selling that issue. And the only other one they had was priced at 65 bucks. And we couldn't break the owner away from chatting with his buddies long enough for him to tell me what was in it. So we moved on. And that Big Bang Comics thing will become relevant when I get to my bits at the end here. So anywho, Jerry Ordway was around, right? <laughs> well, you had your own, uh, you'll be talking about Jerry Ordway in your own a little while here. 
But uh, yeah, so just same thing. Okay, who do I need to get? Who do I need to get? And got back to Jerry. I think he, he wasn't he wasn't he originally sitting next to I think he was sitting next to Broderick. He was sharing a table with him. Oh yeah. Uh, and um, he had done uh, Weird War one hundred, uh, 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 Creature Commandos in the War that Time Forgot. So you know, ping, you know. So I you know got to get these guys on Weird War stuff. And you know, as you will say in a minute or so, man, he's a talkative so or so. There's like one dude in the line in front of me, and it's just like blah 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 blah. I'm like, dude, I'm standing right here. I got him on Red Menace One and Adventures of Superman and Forty Seven, which was part of that Death of Superman story arc, which had previously been signed by by Tom Grummet. Yeah, Jerry is a bit chatty. Yes, and I've seen him once before when he did a Superman sketch for me but I was the only person in line so I didn't mind I mean it can be a double whammy when he has someone at his table like the guy in front of me in line this time around now again Jerry is extremely friendly he seems to really want to talk to people like he he like you're a visitor at his house it's great he's a nice guy but man there's a line of people and they all want to kill you behind you they're all staring daggers into your back now this one dude was monopolizing so much of Jerry's time that I let the guy behind me in line leave the leave the line, cross the room, and go talk to the guy who wrote Star Trek's Trouble with Tribbles episode, get something signed, and come back with minutes to spare before I had to step up for my turn. So when I got up there, I bought all four of the creator-owned books that Jerry had with him. I like to get the new stuff if I'm not going to get a sketch. The, so the Messenger, Proton, number zero, one, and 2, cool stuff. You'll see pictures later on. I had to carefully pry myself away as Jerry really wanted to talk about this stuff because these are his, his babies. It's understandable, but he has no idea how much the people in that line want me and everyone. There's, there's not a lot of respect for his time management skills is what I'll say. But he's a great guy. He's an incredible talent, and it was cool to see him again. So moving on, uh, find uh, Dan Jurgens. I didn't know he had created Booster Gold, and I happened to have a Booster Gold. The only reason I had that Booster Gold was because uh, in issue 16, there was an enemy ace guest. So, yeah, Dan against enemy ace. Also, as we all know, Superman 75, we all know which one that one is, and Captain America 25. I told him the, uh, the uh, Joe Simon miss, you know, from earlier, and uh, he understood. <laughs> it's just like if I have to choose between Joe and Joe Simon or Dan Jurgens, uh, hmm, uh, <laughs> don't take this personal. <laughs> uh, Brett Breeding got him on Superman 75 also, but I somehow missed the fact that he had worked on Weird War 100 and I could have gotten him on that also. And I had a cheat list and somehow I just freaking missed. I'm like, damn it. Eh, I mean, you're, 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 you're definitely demoted on the show, but it happens. Because you know? <laughs> I'm the silver medalist and I made it finished third in a two-man race. Is, is, is that the expression? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, so anyway, just to um, go down the uh, – I've talked before about uh, signatures and stuff like that, who, who, who I've gotten over the years. So just you know, bear with me for a minute and love me or hate me as I read down this list as of now. Art Adams, Neil Adams, Dick Ayers, Brian Azzarello, uh, Phil Jimenez, Kyle Baker, Alan Bellman, Richard Bonk, Tim Bradstreet, Russ Braun, Pat Broderick, Sal Busima, D.G. Chichester, Richard Clark, Darwin Cook, Tom DeFalco, Tom DeZago, Jose Garcia Lopez, Joe Giella, uh, Keith Giffen, Sam Glansman, Mike Gold- Golden, Dan Green, Tom Grummet, Larry Hama, Erwin Hazen, Russ Heath, John Hebert, Fred Hembeck, Roman Hugalt. He's a French one. He's uh, like he's 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 pretty good. Uh, World War II aviation. Personalized sketch from him also. Moving on. You don't uh, say. Car- uh, Carmen Infantino, Klaus Jansen, Dave Johnson, Dan Jurgens, Brett Breeding, Joe Jusco, Adam Kubert, Andy Kubert, Joe Kubert, uh, <laughs> Jay Lee, Howard Mackey, uh, Ron Mars, Jamal Eagle. Mark McKenna, David, I can never say this dude's name, Mich- Michelini, Michelini. Yeah, Michelini, Michelini, yeah. Michelin Tire Man, whatever the hell it is. Uh, Graham Nolan, Jerry Ordway, Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, Joe Quinones, Joe Rubenstein, uh, Tim Sale, Alex Saviuk, 
Joe Simon, Walt Simonson, Alex Toth, Art Tibbert, Joe Sinnott, Jim Sterling, Joe Statton, Larry Stroman, Ben Templesmith, Mark DeShare, Herb Trimpey, Billy Tucci, Lee Weeks, Scott Wagner, Bob Wiacek, Marcus Williams, Greg Burnham, oh, that was Tuskegee Years, and Mike Zek. Da, 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 da. Nice. Love, love me and hate me. I got Tom Jane on a Punisher DVD a few years ago. So, yeah, so I think I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah man that's not a bad lineup so, that's, that's pretty cool posted a lot of pics on the facebook pages of uh, dc war and there's a sergeant rock page also uh, ron wagner actually weighed in on my photo of his work that uh, golden did the did the uh that the golden wrote with a comment well that sure looks familiar <laughs> so i will let max dive into his little adventures while he wasn't holding up the joe jello line yeah so this is the private war of max damage this is things i did that rich didn't do uh i crop dusted joe jello's line that was you you bastard <laughs> i stopped by uh paul kupperberg's table uh, one of my favorite writers in comics ever Found out he has a son named Max, and he said he wanted to give him the most Jewish-sounding name he could think of. Max Kupperberg, pleased to meet you. You know, sounds like someone that would be in a movie or in a cartoon or something like that. Paul thought that was very funny. So did I. I got to chatting with him and another dude at the table so much that I almost walked away without paying for my signed copy of Thrilling Adventure Yarns 2021. Want to know the surest way to get tackled by a 60-year-old comic book creator? So I also visited with Barbara Friedlander, who wrote a lot of romance comics back in the day. Some humor books, too, like Swing with Scooter, which I bought a shirt for and a character she created. I noticed she had a sign for an upcoming project on her table with a really nice cover on display. And she told me, oh, Ken Wheaton, seated on the other side of the wall behind me, he's handling all the business and details for that. She was really cool to talk to and is someone whose work I'm going to be looking into from here on out. Uh, she is uh, Barbara Friedla, it's F-R-I-E-D-L-A-2 on Twitter. Ken Wheaton, as it turns out, who I, I went around to talk to him about Barb's new project. He had worked on a bunch of IDW Popeye series that I really liked and always meant to pick up and trade. He was offering the first three volumes for a good price, so I bought a set. He signed them, and he did a Popeye sketch inside one of them, which was cool. We talked a lot about this project with Barb Friedlander. It's called Another Time, Another Place. It's a time-spanning romance story involving three sets of couples in different eras in history, each with the same names, Phil and Deborah, and a necklace that plays a role in each of their seemingly strangely connected lives. Is the necklace magical? Is each Phil and Deborah actually a reincarnation of the previous pair? I don't know, but I do know that I want to read this thing. So I put my email down to be notified about the upcoming Kickstarter for this book. And that cover that I saw at Barb's table was penciled by Ramona Ferdon, living legend Ramona Ferdon, creator of Metamorpho, Aquaman artist, just absolute legend. So that's why that cover caught my eye from across the room, I would imagine. I have a, I have a Metamorpho sketch by her that my in-laws got me for my birthday a couple of years ago. That thing, you want to talk about treasured sketches like the Jonah Hex sketch that, that, that Rich and Sue got me for my birthday. Having a Ramona Metamorpho is right up there for someone like me. So, you know, we all know Rich walked around in his World War II gear. That always gets a ton of attention. It's very unique at a con. Like, no one else is doing that. And as for my costume, though, I wore my Night Watchman shirt, one of four shirts from the latest Big Bang Comics collection. You know, and at one point, this gentleman of a certain age, perhaps even older than Rich and I, approached me and asked where I got the shirt. He recognized the logo and was surprised to hear that Big Bang was up and running. And I told him there's nine issues of the new Big Bang Adventure series being published to date. That's, they're, they're going right now. I told him where to find the books, to look the publisher up on Twitter and Facebook and all that. So, hey, maybe the next handful of bucks that Big Bang Comics makes will be because of me. Here I am just casually saving the independent comic book industry, folks. It's what I do. So <laughs> that was my side of the con. Honestly, you know, someone recognizing the Night Watchman was kind of cool for me because I, I forget that I'm wearing the, the dumb comic book shirt or whatever as I'm walking around. I'm, I'm paying attention to everyone else. And this guy just was like, hey, 
where'd you get that shirt? And I was like, what? Oh, oh okay. Like this, <laughs> I did not expect anyone to know what the hell this was, you know. I was wearing a, a Sergeant Rock uh, t-shirt under, underneath the... Um underneath the uniform in case anything came up and I had to like strip down or something like that. It's a weird damn shirt. It's got the Sergeant Rock logo on the front, but on the one sleeve, he's a three-striper. I'm like, Sergeant Rock is a is three up, three down. What the hell is the three-striper doing? <laughs> that is just weak t-shirt planning right there. Yeah, somebody in licensing should have caught that. Just a little bit. So <laughs> That made me think. And I wanted to do this. I thought of it, but, you know, I am uh, uh, riddled with ADHD. I'm also lazy, and uh, I forget things very, very, uh, very easily. I wanted to make some Weird Warrior podcast t-shirts for us to wear around when we went to cons, and I just didn't do it. So if we ever have a convention again, because as Rich alluded to earlier, the Delta and Lambda and whatever comes next in the Greek alphabet variants of COVID are out there. So I don't even think the rest of the planned cons for this year are really going to happen. But if we ever do get back to it, we got to make some shirts. We got to set up an Etsy or whatever the cool kids are doing, uh, you know, Redbubble and do like t-shirts, mugs, and hats, at least so. Shot glasses. Yeah, yeah, shot glasses. <laughs> at least so I can little, order some for myself, you know? I don't care if I'm going for the Weird Warrior podcast on the page. Give us your money. No, I don't <laughs> care if anyone else orders this stuff. I just want it because that Bill Walco logo that we got for the show is awesome. And I just want to have it on stuff to put in my cube, to to wear when I'm doing stuff or, you know, around town or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're thinking about doing that people. So that's our thing. Um, that's, I asked that's, my son if he'd be willing to wear a weird warrior podcast t-shirt. And this was the moment, Max, this is the moment where it's just like, e no. <laughs> oh, so then he chooses to rebel. Right? <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So, you know, when it involves, like, he couldn't rebel against you, but something that involves me, he's going to rebel. So, okay, I caught some of that. That's good. It's glad to know. I'm, I'm glad to know I can inspire some 20 year old rebellion or however old Steven is now. Yeah, uh, 20, 20 next month. Oh, good Lord. Right? Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> good God, man. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, um, that figures. <laughs> you will wear it. You will like it, son. You're a reflection of me. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> oh man! So that that's our that's our story. That's that's the second outing of the Road Warriors for the Weird Warriors podcast. That was Terrificon, July thirty first, two thousand twenty one. My name is Max. My name is Rich, and we are the Weird Warriors. We are the Road Warriors, and we shall promise to make war no more.